0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is the WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. I'm Josh. And, hey, we are here, and, guys, we are super excited. Um, today's a special segment. And I'm not going to say why yet, but uh, we've had tons of practice today. We've had tons of time just to sit here and talk to each other. And so I'm I'm just super excited um, because the longer we've been in this room, I just feel like there's so much more emphasis on this topic today and why it needs to be talked about. It's
1: important. And, and I, I think that's why that things are going the way they're going is because of the fact that somebody needs to hear specific information in today's podcast absolutely and so uh before we get
0: started because this is going to be fun uh i'm gonna let alan and josh introduce our guests mostly because josh and his guests are sharing a mic so they're gonna have to go back and forth maybe they'll bump heads I, i don't know i hope the mic doesn't listen guys our mics are uh i would be lying if i said i haven't done some damage to some of these mics and so i'm working on fixing them but some of them are just tied up by strings right now so this will be interesting. So let's go, Alan.
1: Well, sitting immediately to my right is my wife, Michelle Lovin. Say hello, Michelle. Hello, everybody.
0: We're super excited Michelle's here with us, especially because, I mean, they're literally sitting together. So, what? and I'm kind of sad because I wish we could video this because not only could it be like to hear you guys talk, but we get to see how you guys as a couple are going to interact today. Um, and I, it's going to be fun. So I'm excited. So, Josh?
2: Sitting to my left is uh, my wife, Zoe Blake.
0: Hey, guys. There we go. Um, and like I said, they're sharing mics, so they'll have to lean in. <laughs> and uh, I, we'll, and, our, and our mic is slowly, like, going. <laughs> it's, yeah, the it's, mic stand's it's struggling. Slowly, yeah, gravity slowly just, is it's
3: okay doing its job. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and we're super excited that we've got the couples in. Because um, they're, they're going to be able to discuss... Um, a lot before we inter- even introduce our subject i want to say that i'm super excited because today i get to play like host so um, this is just fun from my perspective as i talked about last week one i'm not married two i don't have children so to be able to sit in such a room full of wisdom is going to prepare me for my future um, just to hear you all talk and talk about Scripture. I And mean, plus, you'll be
1: good uh, f- to keep us on point because we've only got a limited amount of time here. So you can keep us out of the weeds and keep us on point.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, I, I want to be listening. My- I'm really saying that, too, because I know uh, my girlfriend's going to listen to this and she'll... When she hears me say, you know, I'm here to listen, I'm here to learn, she'll, maybe she'll give me a high-five and say, you know, I'm so proud. I'm kidding. So, no, she'll, she'll be like, listen, you better you better listen, to them and you better, you know. So it'll be fun. We'll have great conversations about it. Because that's the thing, young people that are listening to this that are single, um, take, a, Absolutely. take advantage of this because, one, you can take this to whoever you're with because um, in the Christian world, you date with a purpose. You don't date for fun. Um, so this could be a great conversation starter, one, maybe to introduce the idea of, What's next, or two? If you know what's next, to say, hey, this is just super important. These are things that need to be discussed, um, and we need to look up to this wisdom. So, before we even get into that, we've got an intro question from Derek. Actually, super, uh, super good friends with Derek. Love him to death. Uh, but he he sent in a question, and I'm so excited because we've got five people in here that all have opinions and knowledge, and they just uh, they've been walking with Christ for a good while. Um, Derek's wanting to know what's the difference between the conscience and the Holy Spirit of God. So you guys are all looking around. I'm just going to throw it up, you know, like an alley-oop, and y'all just take it as you want. So here we go. All right,
2: so the conscience is a—that is, that is of man. Our conscience is what, what we think, and depending on um, our upbringing, the environment that we were raised in, um, the things that we see, the things that we directly relate to us in our life, Can uh, can influence how our conscience is and what we see because it's basically of a moral status. However, the spirit of God is part of the Godhead. It's it's part of the Trinity, Um, and it's holy. It's just. So when we look at the conscience versus this thing, uh, the spirit of God, it is a vast difference. Um, because, like I said, depending on what we think morally and how we were raised, can you know one person can see something as being morally correct, and another person see it as absolute moral failure.
1: And, and part of that is the uh, the confusion that you know Satan brings about in the world. And uh, when we we look at you know the difference between someone who's brought up in an urban uh, you know setting in you know, a large city or somebody that's, a liberal setting yeah or in a in a, in a rural setting with it uh, y- there's there's differences that go on there but the the, the key thing is that as Josh mentioned uh, the conscience is, is is tied closely to the flesh uh, the spirit is of God and the confusing part I think where Satan really spends his time and effort in is both of those things affect emotion, the conscience and the spirit. So when Satan gets to work in our emotions and when those emotions are absolute, we're thinking, well, we're, there's something wrong. But the bottom line is that uh, that soul that when, when God breathed into Adam, the breath of life, he created in him that, that living soul. It's eternal. Yeah. A- and the conscience that uh, uh, is so easily influenced by our surroundings by our uh, circumstances by our hormones by (laughs) everything that's around us Uh, again it's flesh and we'll we'll fight that fight uh, battle with the flesh as long as we're cloaked in the robe of flesh but one day when uh, uh, we're uh, in eternity with God and, and we'll be free from that limitations that we have that come along with the flesh. And we'll understand some of those gray areas right now that are kind of confusing to us.
0: Yeah, and I, I was thinking too, um, which I've been like, thinking on this for a good minute, um, I, a conscience is based off morality. And there's a reason in Scripture it talks about that some people's conscience can be seared. Um, a person's morality can change based on environment, experience, or uh, even as an animal can adapt to a new environment, a conscience can ba- uh, adapt to a new morality based on the process of growing up and living life. So when you think about a conscience being seared, as Scripture talks about, mostly the reason it's seared is because it's changed to the point that a sinful lifestyle is okay. And so when something's seared, it's calloused, and so things start to become Okay. And so when you think about the conscience, it's going to be based off that morality. Why, why would God give people up or sear their conscience and allow things to happen? And it's based off them turning to or, towards that worldview and that sinful view. But one thing I love is when it comes to the Holy Spirit of God, it never changes. Right. Um, it never um, changes direction. It never changes opinion. It never changes morality because it's based off the one true God yep. who created the law and the commandments of morality, which is based off, you know, Jesus Christ and the way that that he would live. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that's when the Spirit, you know, it's one of them things that it's an everlasting thing. If God is the same, then God's Spirit will be the same. It'll never change. It'll never vary. Uh, And, you know, the Spirit's going to bear witness to Jesus Christ, but the Spirit's going to bear witness to the Word of God, which, you know, one dot, one tittle, we'll talk about that in a few Mm -hmm. weeks, nothing can pass from it. I mean, the word of God is true. You shouldn't add it. You can't add to it. It's going to stand. And so if the spirit points to the Word of God, then there's a reason why the Spirit will never change, because the Word of God will never change. And so there's a huge difference between, um, you know, like when you when you commit a sin against God um, and the Spirit convicts you, it's pointing you to something that you have done against Scripture. Um, the Bible talks about, you know, when you read in Romans that even back in the old days, the Gentiles just naturally started doing what the Jews did, um, because there was something beautiful about what the Jews had with God. But also, you know, it talks about, you know, commandments written in hearts, commandments made known, things happening. Um, God God reveals an order that we've talked about uh, in here before. But, you know, there, there's just something about, you know, the Gentiles starting to try to copy the Jews, right? Trying to follow their basis of morality, trying to base, you know, off their life principles, And so, you know, and the Bible talks about that, you know, as Christians, right, our minds are renewed. So we're being renewed to the process. And, you know, when we sin, the Spirit points us to the Word. But as for the conscience, you know, it's going to be like if you grew up in a home that says, you know, don't punch your brother, you know, and you punch your brother, you're going to feel bad. But what happens when you get out of that home? What happens when you get your own home? You may not teach that it's bad to punch your brother. So therefore, if your kid punches her brother, she won't feel bad because the conscience and that morality is not in that home. So it's kind of freely-nilly when it comes to that. But with the Spirit, I mean, you sin against God or do something He has commanded us not to do, you're convicted. You can't get away
1: from it. So Now, following the Spirit, I mean, that when you, when you follow the Spirit, it will produce change. When you follow your conscience, it's like trying to break a habit. Yeah. it's You're, you're, you're or, or a New Year's resolution. You're just making a tab. It's like a tab. <laughs> yeah, you know, just put it, just yeah. Put it on the tab. Yeah. Yeah. So the Spirit of God is the uh, one true guide in life that uh, it, it will lead not only in, in the path of righteousness, but also lead to change in yeah, your life. Yeah.
0: It'll bear witness with your, your conscience Absolutely. as well. Yep. Um, so, there, anything else? Anybody want to say anything to add to that? Okay. All right. Well, Derek, we hope that answers your question. Um, Great question. I think a lot of people could benefit off that.
1: Um, I keep them coming, guys. If you have questions, send them in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, all right. We've got about 50 minutes. I'm super excited to discuss um, wives. But what I love about this is we will discuss wives. um, We will discuss motherhood. But we have couples here, husbands and wives. So they'll get to talk a little marriage talk too, because you can't you know, you can talk about wives separately. You can talk about husbands. But at some point, you're going to talk about both because it's a marriage, you know, two becoming one. So,
1: And I guarantee you, if I say something that's not factual.
4: I'll punch you over here. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're you're, you're here. close. That's you're very close. I
1: am definitely within arm's reach.
0: I almost brought Nerf guns. But then I was like, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So uh, we'll, we'll, let's get this kicked off. So Zoe, Michelle, um, what kind of how it works here, I just throw it up. And you decide who wants to start, and then after one finishes, feel free to add on and take the question yourself. Um, so I, I would love to start out with just this first question, um, and there's probably about three to number one. But it it, it's, it says this: can, describe the process of growing as a wife and a mother. So biblically, experience you know what that looks like in your own life, because uh, as you guys have talked about. Um, You know, we've got two different backgrounds here. You know, Josh and Zoe have opened up, you know, throughout their testimony that they didn't grow up in the church atmosphere. Um, And Michelle and Alan, they've grown up in that church atmosphere. And Michelle has one of the coolest facts ever. I'll let her share that about herself. Um, So, guys, describe that growing as a wife, as a mother. What does that look like for you all? Because we'd love to know. um, One, because... We got people out there that are listening to this. And so if y'all can answer this, and this question just revolves around your life, your experience. Um, Even if you want to mention, how did you come to Christ? What was marriage like when you first got married? Um, Because we have two different spectrums here, two different testimonies. So, and they're pointing at each other. Zoe, go ahead, kick us off. You got this.
3: Um, So for me, the process of becoming a wife and a mother in the biblical sense was through my salvation Um, I was saved about four years ago so the majority of my mothering and being a wife was very worldly Um, I was very very prideful as a human being I thought a lot of myself and so when I got saved I was determined to be the absolute best Christian and godliest woman that ever existed um, which shows you just how high my pride was Um, so I went on an endeavor to search the Bible and to study what it meant to be a godly woman and how to be a wife and how to be a mother. And it was a very painful process. It really took a lot of my pride out of the equation. I had to really die to a lot of what I knew and what I had grown up learning and what I thought to be truths. Um, God did a lot of work, but through that process, He wrote his truths on my heart through the Holy Spirit, which has given me a very firm foundation to stand upon that I don't have to second guess my role or what I do or when I do it or how I do it, because it is a truth written on my heart through the word of God. And like they were talking about answering Derek's question, God doesn't change. So I don't ever have to worry about if my role changes or my responsibilities change, because they won't, because they're different in different seasons, but they won't change. So,
0: So, Michelle, now it's your turn. So just explain to us, you know, now we've heard a little bit, you know, about your testimony, um, which our viewers viewers they can't watch us yet our listeners would love um to hear about you especially you know ha- how did you how are you saved how are you converted you know what, what did that experience look you know you got married to alan so walk us through some of that
4: well when i was 13 i made a profession of faith and i thought i was saved at that time but many years later we had a revival at the old church me and alan we were married at this time and Brittany was a baby and during that revival, some, uh, I forgot now exactly who was preaching. Uh, it Leak was Horn. Carl Croft, wasn't it? No, Lee Corn. Lee
1: Corn. Lee yeah,
2: Corn.
4: Yeah, and uh, just th- the spirit, he just got a hold of me. And I thought, I can't go up there. I'm a deacon's wife. I'm a church treasure. What would people think if I go up there? And I did. And it was the greatest thing. And I remember one of our deacons said, I, I remember on your face. That i was missing something he could tell i was missing something so you know that's how i became uh well when i
0: when you got converted yeah when i got converted <laughs> when you, got you know right. when i got <laughs> right so yes
4: and uh you know i've been in church my whole life i've been a member here my mom was a great influence on my life she raised five kids and uh I had a brother who died tragically at the age of 15, and that didn't stop her. She made sure we were still in church. She yeah. kept the faith, even though I know it was so hard. I wasn't born at that time, so, you know, I never met him, but I could, you know, I could just imagine. And then my dad, he didn't go to church till later on in life, and so she was the— Yeah, the, the faithful
0: the, one. Yeah, the faithful one. I mean, to one. be honest— yeah. In a respectful way Mm
2: -hmm. um go ahead josh hey i got something that um so one of the things that michelle said that just stuck out to me you said you were a deacon's wife Mm -hmm. and you this is key i came to salvation late in life as a sinner it's the greatest thing ever and if you're listening to this and you are in the position of a church I I heed the warnings of the Word of God. Pay attention. It doesn't matter if you're if you're our deacon, an elder, if you've been in church your whole life, even the pastor. If you have not answered that call to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing in it of this world that should make to stumble you or to keep you from that 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 moment. That is such a bold stance because I mean, how many people are probably in this fearful state? That is of that. that. That's you know, and that's Satan's greatest work. You can't go forward because you have a position. You are a. That is that is such a testimony. That's like I says And I'm just because coming from a sinful state, it's easy. You yeah. know, you're, you're when you realize that you're lost, it's easy. Mm-hmm. But to to be in that state to where you know you've already made the profession verbally, but now it's true conviction. And I wonder just how many people are sitting out there that is in that in that state of loss. I'm mean, so awesome. not sure. So yes. to follow up on that when yes. you when you
1: when you uh, go through that uh, period in your life, me and, me and Michelle, uh, you know, we talk a lot, and, and 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 through the the times of doubt, we talked, and I tried to reassure. But there's one thing that even a husband, as much as he wants to, when you try to reassure, if if there's a void there, it's not my responsibility to fill it, even right. though God's placed us together. The Holy Spirit and God's the only thing that can fill that. So if that's wrong, nothing else matters. Right. It don't matter how many times you sing in the choir, how many times you teach Sunday hey, school, you, man. how many perfect attendance. you know what I'm saying? Yes. None of that matters. And uh, uh, eventually, you know, some of the f- private conversations that me and her had, uh, it started to... Caused me to concern, and it caused me to, uh, you know, start praying for my wife. And and uh, uh, I'm a firm believer. Uh, some people may get it wrong. Some people may mess it up. And there may be things that are, are, you know, out of line, motives wrong, whatever. But if your intentions are true, I I am a firm believer. God will not let you die in that shape. He right. will He will give you give that,
2: you the ample opportunity. He will
1: give you that opportunity, and He will give you that. Yeah the means to make sure that you have salvation i'm I'm thankful for uh michelle her honesty and uh she's uh she's really been a blessing in my life
0: yeah and i mean that's just that's powerful to see that uh a position wasn't more important than a confession and so that's just powerful and i've seen a lot of people i mean um, in life, in position, you know. Um, and they don't they don't care that I say this, but, you know, um, if any of you know Jeff French, he's an associate pastor here. I mean, his wife got saved out of youth camp, and she was just helping serve and make food. And I, I can't remember who it was that night that I was preaching, but I remember, you know. She came from the back where all the adults and people who cooked and everything were. She came out in the midst of all them kids, and she gave her life to the Lord. She didn't care. And so it's just powerful um, to see and hear testimonies of, like that. Um, so, Michelle, you ready? I'm gonna ask you another question. Uh, now, Zoe mentioned she I, she mentioned something that was challenging for her was her pride. Correct? Correct. Okay. What's been challenging for
1: you?
4: Well, I worry a lot and stress a lot, which I know I should not do. And I
1: think you're exaggerating.
4: <laughs> Sometimes my mind gets a little crazy, and Alan <laughs> has to tell me to. Turn that channel in my mind. To
1: so that's been, a, that's been a long study. Mom, <laughs> that, that was a, the, uh, you know, when you're a little kid and you have like a bad dream, and you're like, Mama, I can't sleep. My mom, she used that analogy with me, she, she's like, don't think on it.
4: Yeah.
1: I can't help it. Yes, you can not help it. No, I can't. It just keeps killing No, Yo, you can. You're in full control. You have the remote control. Turn the channel. Turn the channel. channel.
0: <laughs> yep. Turn <up>. the channel. <laughs> and, uh I noticed, too, which it's because I'm unprepared, so I actually stole a copy of Michelle's uh, <laughs> ner- notes her and Alan have just for the questions. But, I mean, you mentioned, and, and, I mean, you can touch on this. We'll talk about this a lot next week when we talk about, you know, pr- children in the home. Um, but you mentioned, like, raising teenagers. I mean, that was was that hard?
4: Well, Yeah, at certain times it was. Maybe more for Brittany. Sorry, Brittany, and <laughs> Joseph. Tell the truth, man. I think Joseph listen to a lot of our conversations so actually
1: Joseph learned a lot by watching what Brittany went through yes, and understanding that he didn't want to go that route,
4: <laughs> so yeah, there was some hard times, but uh we made it through she's in church faithful raising our grandchild so
1: Amen. so I like the grandchild a lot better than the other kids <laughs> I'll just go ahead and be honest
0: oh my uh, so th- and this goes for uh for both of you um You know, when you talk about experiences, so obviously every Christian has had um, moments, right? Just moments with God. I mean, where he just like convicts you, draws you to something, calls you to something. So for you all as wives, as for mothers, and you've mentioned your salvation. You've talked about your salvation, which is amazing because you see two spectrums. Zoe said she was in the world. Michelle grew in the church, I mean, even in the Bible, you read about the prodigal, but there's also another one that's been in the house the whole time. And so it's just so powerful to see you guys talk about uh, how God can save you no matter what you are or where you are. But since you've been saved, like, has there been mo- like specific moments that you can remember that, man, it's just impacted you as a wife or a mother?
3: Oh, I've absolutely. Um, in my whole study for what a godly woman was that whole experience in that um it put me in a position to really trust god that i could stand on his truths that i could let go of what the world had taught me and it was such a personal moment between us and i say moment but it was a matter of probably a year and a half that i walked that journey um it definitely strengthened parts of our marriage without a doubt and um how I look at my children even, just how I perceive them, how I find joy out of them now in ways I didn't before.
0: Yeah. So um, you too, Josh, I mean, the impact of your all's like marriage, like you talked about you all were married before you both were converted, but after you were saved and Zoe had been saved, I mean, what was that? How impactful was the difference in marriage at that point?
3: Well, I'll say one thing. He was saved long before I was. Um, so I spent years, because um, when he was saved, he, he he read the role of woman submission, which we'll get to soon enough, mm-hmm. um, and, and he told me about that. So I, I played a part, yeah. which was really hard to play because I wasn't saved and I didn't have the spirit leading me in that role. Um, so it was a lot of tension, and, and because of that, you can't carry that for long. You really can't. Only so long can you. And yeah. and I destroyed a lot of our life based on that. There was a lot of destruction that I caused because I wasn't saved. And I couldn't withstand the weight and the burden of playing a role that I had no spirit to guide me yeah. in. And that's why I think that walk with God, it was a freedom. It was so liberating after I was saved and God taught me what it meant to be a woman. It was so liberating, all the burdens lifted off, yeah. by, and the freedom that you have in being who God created you to be. But yeah, I caused a lot of destruction in our home. Absolutely.
2: It's the freedom in Christ, though. Absolutely, and that's yeah. the thing is, is that when you when you truly are saved, and the Lord does that work in you, it's freedom. Yeah. There is no more burden. There is no more worry of, you know, I mean, one of the things that I used to worry for was my death, you know, that it's like, you know, I don't want to die. I don't want to die young, you know. When you're his, you lose a lot of fears. Yeah. And I mean, death is one that I have lost. I I don't have a fear of death. I have a fear of worry for my children, I guess, and my wife, you know, that if something was to happen to me. But the one thing that I gained was that assurance that you you know that you're his, you know, how do you and, uh, and that's one of the things that people say. how do you know? Well, you know because it's not of you, yeah, you, there's not things of you anymore. it's the the things that you now seek after are things that only God can instill in you, yeah, so therefore, you know, The things that bring you enjoyment were things that no longer are used to, never would bring you enjoyment, now bring you enjoyment. You know, being in the Word of God, you know, raising our, you know, and I know next week we'll talk about children, but that's one of the things that, like, we're going to read the Bible. We're going to study it in the home Yeah, because it it, it is important.
1: So if you're listening and, and what Josh just said makes absolutely no sense to you, And you have a carnal mindset and you don't have Christ in your life. One thing you need to understand is that that fear and, for example, the fear of death, the best I've ever heard it explained because I'm not ready to die. I'm I'm having fun. I'm having a ball. I love my family. I love my kids. I love my grandbaby. And I want a bunch more. I want a bunch more grandbabies, kids. If you're listening, I want <laughs> grandbabies. so yes. here's the deal. Not you, Joe. Uh, here's the deal. When God removes that fear from yes. me, I understand that because if death was to come to me, God's approved it. Right. It's it, it's 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 yes. come through it. And whatever's going and, and when to be at a place in my life where I'm okay with whatever God's will is for me in my life. The stress, the worry, the things that used to absolutely grip my soul—yeah,
0: okay with that now. Yeah, okay with it. And, and so I, I think it's cool too, with, you know, with God to, you know, one, you guys experience, you know, Josh and Zoe, they experienced redemption personally, you know, because you understood who Jesus was when, I mean, when He revealed Himself unto you, you surrendered. But it's cool, too, because we serve a God that redeems people, but he also redeems circumstances. <laughs> and so, you know, you all were talking about your marriage, just like it was completely where it isn't today. And so to see him redeem you, too, and put a love in within both of you for Christ, then you come together with that power and with that focus. He redeemed the circumstance as well, because a lot of people have just given
1: up. And been
0: like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. This is hard. But you know when you two got right those moments, yeah. But but now definitely did. But
1: the majority of people in today's society think it's okay. Let's just let's let's cash it in. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working.
0: But it's just powerful because God redeems circumstances, and and so you know to see you all sitting here today, um, but also I get to hang out with you guys outside of church, (laughs) which is amazing. Um, It's just powerful um, to see their testimony. I mean, uh, the crazy thing to me is when you hear a lot of people's testimony, you are like. I never would have saw that, but that's just how powerful Christ is, because yeah, he will take all of that away, yep. he will renew you to the point when people see it, they're like, oh my goodness, there has to be something to this, so thanks for answering that, both of you, which is cool too, because I got a cheat sheet, because I see Michelle's notes, <laughs> when it answered, what experience impacted her, she talked about Alan.
4: Yes, meeting Alan, you know, we worked together, I was with teenagers, or I was, he might have no. I was yeah he was <laughs> he was, post, was at the later end of it but. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember sitting with him in the break room uh talking to him i was praying wanting to meet a nice christian guy, and then there he was no
1: we were friends before we started yeah dating. and we 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 knew each other and 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 we we talked regularly throughout the day and uh, uh the the conversations were you know. Platonic and just innocent, and uh, I asked her out one time. I, I told like, him
4: no. Yes,
1: yeah, she did. She told <laughs> me flat out, flat out no. No, three times. And I'm like, come on, girl, you didn't mean that. You know you didn't mean that.
0: Uh, Alan's pride went down a little bit.
1: <laughs> so I asked her out again. Actually, I only asked you out twice.
4: Twice, and you came
0: back.
1: You told back. me no. You told me no. You came back to me yes. after the on second. The,
4: well, on the third time, I came back to you said. I was babysitting my niece if she could come with us i would go out with you
1: but i want i just want to just go back in and, and and for the record state the reasons you told me no.
4: i had other things to do
1: right you had bible school <laughs> i did your bible school was one reason you would not go out with me mm-hmm. i can't miss church mm-hmm. and god said something in my heart you know and, and and young men if you're listening if you're hunting a mate uh i'll tell you what uh Find one that's got their priorities right, got yes. God in the right pr- place in their life, and the decision making, yep. and uh, as attracted as she was to me, she wouldn't turn down church to go out on a date with me. I'm being, sar- I'm being yeah. sarcastic, <laughs> listeners. But man, uh, young man, uh, uh, again, if if you want a uh, a happy marriage, uh, find a woman that's got God in the center of her heart to start that relationship on. And again, like I said, we were already friends before we started dating.
4: And another thing, you know, seeing our kids, you know, we've raised them in church, and when they uh, got saved, and then to see the works that they do, you know, Joseph helped teaches some uh, for the prime timers. You know, that just thrills my heart to see how you know what we've aco- uh, been yeah, through Brittany, and Brittany, that Brittany's, we stuck out.
1: And Brittany's one of those that uh, we really. Uh, you know, are, are proud of our kids. I guess all parents are proud of their kids. But uh, intelligent, uh, she, she's still in church. She's raising her granddaughter in church, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, she takes instruction well. They they can miss a Sunday, and I can just m- make a little hint. Say, hey, uh, where are you guys at Sunday? And the Holy Spirit will convict her. At, and without being mouthy or lippy like she was when she lived at home, I'm sorry, Brittany, I love you. I promise I do. <laughs> But without being you, you know rebellious and, yeah. and, and and disrespectful they're back in church and, and, and I, I appreciate about my kids that uh, number one uh, that they uh, they honor God with their lives and number two uh, they're raising my grandchild in church
4: Joe and Joe,
0: Joe. love Joe.
1: Joe Joe's Joe
0: Joseph loving. <laughs> if you're listening to this you you're literally the man literally the man. Uh, So, I mean, and and listeners, I mean, you've heard two two couples um, that talked about, you know, when their hearts were set on Christ, how their relationship, um, I mean, it blossomed and it grew and it was redeemed and it wasn't easy, right? Was it easy? No. Well, I've always been told marriage isn't easy, um, but I I guess there's a part of me that always gets excited about that because if it was too easy, then... You'd never really grow. you just kind of hang out. So. You have to
4: work at it every day. Every
1: day. Anything worth having yes. requires yeah.
0: work. Absolutely. And that's, that's awesome.
1: the thing, too, is like, so
2: let's look at the marriage formula for today. Um, and that's that very complacent, we'll give it a try. If it don't work, we'll yeah. trash it. And It's we'll, like dating. Yeah, it's, uh, exactly. They, they, you're using it as the modern-day dating. And it's sad because, it's like Michelle said, it takes daily work. You know, it's that daily choice. And it's, it's the same thing. So we, we, we serve Christ. We make that choice to die to ourselves. We also have to re- be in remembrance to serve our family, to lead our family, to guide our family. Yeah. Because there's mornings you get up and it's like, you know, I don't feel like doing this. But it doesn't matter what I feel like doing. You know, I don't want to, you know, I come home from work, I'm tired. I don't want to sit down and have Bible study after dinner. It's not about me, what I want. I have to be that lead. And if I can't if I can find if I can find an excuse not to do a Bible study after I get home from work, what ground do I have to stand on when my child tells me, Dad, I don't feel like doing it tonight, I'm tired? I have nothing to stand on. We are to lead by an example, and that example is When we're tired, when we're home, you know, that's the thing. We seek Him. He's going to give us that strength. You know, Sunday mornings, some Sunday mornings, you know, you don't feel like it. You had a long week and it's just like, I want a time of rest. Yeah. It's not an option. Yeah. We're going to the house of God. You want to get a nap in between services? Have a nap. But we're going to the house of God. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So, ladies, our question uh, number two is what scriptures talk about being a wife and a mother. Um, So listeners, prepare yourself because I've already heard some of the scriptures, and like I said, I do have a cheat sheet. So I do see Michelle's notes, and she has some great scriptures talking about being a deacon's wife um, and what that responsibility looks like. But also, I know Zoe's got some good stuff. So I'm super excited to see um, the scriptures y'all talk about. So who wants to start? Michelle does. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Alan. I
4: was looking at Zoe. <laughs> well, I'm just going to start off with uh, 1 Timothy 3.11. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. And I think Josh uh, mentioned this verse. It might have been last week's podcast, Titus 2, 3 through 5. The age women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to too much wine, teachers of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, uh, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blaspheming. Blasphemy. Okay. Well, you know i f- I feel like a failure every day, but I, well, you know, we just try our best and just yeah.
1: So keep I'll, on. I'll back her up on one thing. Uh, when it comes to being modest, when it comes to being chaste, when it comes to being uh, uh, virtuous. I, m- My wife is one of the most uh, – she'll she'll come to me routinely at least once, maybe twice before she leaves the house and says, how's this look? And and not not that she's vain or wanting to make sure that she's uh, worthy to be looked upon, but to make sure that she is being modestly presented. And that's – I I say that so that you – you guys know her the way i do she is very conscious about the fact that she doesn't want to draw attention to herself she wants to make sure that god gets all the attention when we're here
0: yeah and i mean modesty's a a huge thing awesomeness she put that on your notes but you know michelle well, and,
1: and again i'm not i'm not i'm not poking for for bonus points here because uh I've already got the ring on it you guys, yeah, so, she's my, she's mine. I'm like the preacher. She's mine.
0: But quote, you yeah, jokers don't get any. Don't get ideas. no ideas. That's, that's what right. he said. That's what he said. He's crazy. No,
1: he's not. Uh, but one of the most modest people I've yeah. ever been around.
0: And that's awesome. Um, now, Michelle, I, I do want to ask you this question because um, I'm the interviewer. But so, like, you know, there is the aspect
1: of you know, um, Alan. How long have you been a deacon here? Ordained in ninety four. Brittany was born in 95, right? Mm -hmm. I was born in 94. I was born in '97.
0: <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow! <laughs> not trying to make you feel old, Alan. <laughs> that we've is, already established does. the fact that I'm twice your age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Michelle. So there is this aspect of like, you know, we've we actually talked about this, and you know, we talked about complementarianism and, and egalitarianism. You know, when it comes to being a deacon, I mean, it's not just the deacon; it's his wife as well. That's yeah. why there's scriptures for both parties. It's a great partnership that can complement the church and God. Um, so like when you look at these scriptures and you think about being a deacon's wife, you know, that, that's a standard. That's something you try to be. Um, but also just as a, a woman, as a lady, um, you know, how, how do you, I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you see your requirements as, you know, a deacon's wife, but don't treat it as a check checklist. You're treating it like this is my life. How, how would you, how would you say, like, explain that? I know that's kind of like a, I hope that makes, <laughs> does that make sense?
4: Well, you know, I, I pray for him, and when he is burdened, and when he can't talk to me, you know, when he's hurting, I can tell. I hurt too. You know, I want to, you know, be there for him. Uh,
1: so we I, have we have lots of, and, and man, you don't know, talk about hitting the nail on the head when when we go through things in, in leadership at church, and there's things that I bear. There's things that I don't share with my wife, but when she asks me what's wrong, and I ask her to pray, there's a there's a huge comfort in knowing that she's praying. Yeah. There's a huge comfort in knowing that she's not going to be, uh, you know, meddling or prying or, or trying to figure out when she understands that there's certain things that, man, out of just, there comes this word again, discretion, that. Really, you're better off not knowing or you don't need to know. It's good to know that she will yeah. be praying and supporting me in that, and uh, I appreciate you for it.
0: And I think it's cool, too, um, which maybe my question was just terrible, but I was trying to make this point is, you know, being able to know Alan and Michelle, you know, Michelle doesn't just look at the requirements as a deacon as, a, as just a check look like, I have to do this. Like, it, To her, it's not the word half it's that she wants to. Right. She has a desire to be there for Alan and do ministry with him, but also her desire to the Lord. And so she's going to pray for him.
1: So you remember you remember when they uh they called me back and uh first approached me about being a deacon. It was James Arthur Ramsey and Orville Orr. They had two deacons here. And uh they pulled me back and and Orville was the chair chairman of the deacons and uh, he asked me we were without pastor and had uh bernard courtney was interim and uh they asked me it scared me to death i'm talking about literally i was jerking like a a chihuahua yeah and, and i went back out and told michelle because she was kind of curious as to why they had called me back what have you done now type of deal no <laughs> i told her i said the man they told me pray about being a deacon and mm-hmm. During that time, we had lots of conversation because they said, "You take your time, pray about it." Well, boy, I did, because he said, "You know what we'll do is, when just, if if you feel like this is the direction you want to go, we'll put you under the watch care of the church for ninety days and da da da." da. So. After we had prayed about it for a while, Orville came back to me and he said, Now, when I said 90 days, I didn't mean you needed to take 90 days to pray about it. (laughs) As soon as you get an answer, (laughs) let us know, and then that 90 days will
0: start. Alan said, I'm going to take all 90 days. (laughs) So We
1: we spent a long time together because she understands that uh, it's not just a, a position or a title or a badge on my shirt. But our family represents this, and literally, if you know anything about me at all, or you know nothing about me at all, I want you to understand this. Washington's Chapel's important to me. Yeah. It's important enough to raise my family in. It's an important enough place f- for my grandchildren to be raised in. And uh, I believe it's important to this community. And uh, I take the position with the mindset of a servant, and I take it seriously. Yeah. And she, she she supports me 100%. Yeah.
0: And y'all both take it seriously. It's fun. I mean, seriously, I've been here for a little bit, and so it's fun to watch you guys. Um, all right. So Zoe. Now, Zoe's going to... Uh, we I mean, we've already discussed a lot of the scriptures. Uh, so, you know, she's going to talk about some scriptures that she has, but also I feel like she's going to transition into question three, too, which talks about God-given responsibilities as a mother and a wife. So, Zoe... Um, just take off, you know. Um, she talked earlier about creation. She's talking, and so we're just super, you know, um, we're excited um, because, one, you know, like I said, we got two different spectrums, but what I love is her and Michelle brought different scriptures. So the more scriptures used, whatever kind of script, where it's from, the and, and, more know.
1: biblical basis you have. <laughs> and so, um,
0: you know, crack the whip and transition. Just take off. All right. Uh,
3: so before I could learn how to be a Wife or a mother, biblically speaking, I had to understand what it meant to be a woman, and um, so that did take me back to creation. And we read where God created man, and He made woman. Um, but of course, we, we have to look at the actual basis of it. So during creation, He created man, and that word "created" and its um, original Hebrew text means to make out of nothing, the same way He created the earth and the waters and everything. Um, but then when it came time for him to have a helper, none was found for him. Yeah. Um, so he, so God made a woman. Um, he made her. But what I love so much about it is that word made for um, woman meant to build. And what we see is God takes material that he had already created. He did not create woman apart from creation. He created man. That was human being. And then he created the woman out of the material that he had already used, By using a rib out of Adam. And um, it even states, you know, when he names her after he named everything else, um, he names her woman, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And that word woman, its Hebrew word comes from the word man. It's just the feminine form of it. And that really brings in the complementaryism that, you know, you guys were talking about uh, for the last few weeks. Um, But it really shows the. The parallel between man and woman—that we are each designed for a purpose. So, so that makes you look into what is my purpose as a woman—to be a wife, to be a mother. Um, how does that look in our world today with our society that we have? You see these um, verses. So, so I will—I'll segue right into it if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we see verses rip the roof like off. <laughs> Ephesians 5:22 through 33 gives us a whole list. Um, the The first thing you're going to see when you read that is for wives to submit. To their own husbands um you're going to see it in titus 2 and 3 um colossians 3 18 that word submit it's it's become an ugly word for women it's it's one that we cringe at if you haven't had it settled in your heart to what it truly means Um, but but to submit is a it's a beautiful thing because we as christians are all called to submit to god to jesus our husbands are called to submit to god and to jesus We're just called to submit one more to our husbands. And understanding our husbands uh, being a godly man especially, it makes it a lot easier to submit. There are circumstances where that isn't the case, and and there is definitely biblical advice to help you through that. Um, But we are to submit to our husbands. We are to be, um, let's see if you have in um, Titus 2, 3, and 5, it goes through a whole nice list there that we are to love our husbands, love our children, to be discreet, which means to have self-control, sound, in mind. Um, we are to be chaste, which means clean, innocent, modest, that fun word, um, to be keepers at home. And here's a big one. You know, it's a hard one for women to, to take these days, but that literally means to safeguard, to be aware, to stay at home, domestically inclined. And I know that, because of a sinful world, that cannot always happen. Um, but to be good, um, to be of benefit, uh, to be obedient, which is subordinate. Who are we obedient to? Our husbands, and not to rock the boat too much. But you know, if we're if we are Christians, meaning that we follow Christ, if we are His servants, which is Lord servant, we see that connection. If we are his servants, then we have to serve him and we have to serve him according to the commandments that he has dictated for us throughout his word. We don't get to pick and choose what parts and places we serve him because it's convenient for us or because that's what our flesh likes or that's what our society tells us. We don't get to because we are not our own anymore. We've been bought and paid for at a price and we belong to him and we have to serve him according to his standard and when we look at it that way, just think if Jesus picked and chose which ways he was going to follow God, there would have been no hope for us.
1: I don't want to interrupt you, solely because <laughs> when you talk about the scripture and how that God has number one called us to submit, and, and again called us, isn't a we've talked about it multiple times. Submission is not a woman thing; That's right. it's a Christian thing. Yes, absolutely. And when we uh, look into the terminology. That the world has placed, and the stereotypes that the world has placed—shame on the church for letting them get away with it. You know what I am saying? It's time that we—it's time that the church claims back real estate that submission is honorable, and it's—it's something that when when you look at the scripture, Bible says that uh, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and and the gospel, uh, including the the entire uh, Word of God, it's not anything to be ashamed of. Uh, To say that I am in submission to Christ, should be proud of that. It releases you of all
3: your burdens. It's powerful. He carries all the way. Yes, absolutely.
0: And, um, you know, too, okay, I got it. All right, now I'm ready. So, uh, I had like a brain fart there for a second. It's like in my mind it wasn't getting to my mouth, so here it is now. It's in my mouth. So, when you were talking about you know um, all of these scriptures about being a lady, what I love too is you know Zoe is sharing these, but Michelle is over here like yes, like she I sh- agree a hundred percent. And so that listen, that takes a lot of pressure off of us as men because this isn't from us. Like this isn't our opinion. This is these are two ladies that understand what it means one to be a Christian, but two they've studied the Word and been under enough preaching and teaching to understand what it means to be a lady. So, you know, we're not sitting here, like, staring at them, like, you better say this. This is something that they're openly, they believe in, 100%, correct? And one
3: thing I'll say um, to any woman who's listening to this right now and shaking her head no, saying, mm-mm, you're not going to find me in that position. I was that woman. I went kicking and screaming into submission because I did not like that word. I did not want to be yeah. known as someone who fell under someone else, Um So I know what you are feeling right now. I know you are. So all I can say is I challenge you to prayerfully study out the word of God and what that means for you as a woman, as a wife, and as a mother without the preconceived notions that our society has put on us. Because if you go back to the fall when women were punished, not only with childbearing pains, (laughs) fun, fun, (laughs) we were also punished with the fact that we would have desire for our husbands and that word desire translates into control we would want to control our husbands but he would be the ruler over us so knowing where that fight within us starts it starts with sin from the punishment of our disobedience we were we were given that you know we naturally want like um, Christ told Paul, kick against the pricks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We naturally want Bang to do your that head on the as wall. women yep. against yep. men. Yep. This is a battle. It's a spiritual warfare, ladies. We are under attack. Satan is tearing homes apart, and he's starting with us women, tearing us from our children, tearing us from our husbands, creating that in- enmity between The things we are to love and cherish, He's giving us lie after lie after lie. We were deceived in the garden. We're deceived today, and I'm the first woman that will stand here and tell you that I personally am Eve. I'm the one who picks that fruit and ate of it willingly. I was deceived by the lies, and I really don't know a woman who isn't. I don't, you know, in this day and age, don't know a man either. But
1: so we we just heard an awesome explanation of a a, a lady's view on submission who was raised outside of church and come to Christ later in life Michelle when you've been in church your whole life Mm -hmm. I have never visibly seen any uh, challenges or resentment from you as far as submission like Zoe just explains but have there ever been times in your life
4: when i didn't agree with you
1: (laughs) that's what i'm asking you you finish (laughs) yes you you finish my statement (laughs) yes you complete me yes
4: (laughs) there's been several times you know we'd be going through something and i didn't really agree but you know i know you've prayed about it and you are the head of the house and that i know i'm submit to you so
1: and again I, i I, that was a loaded question, but I had a pretty good idea of what your answer would be because I've seen your life. I've been around you for how long now? 20, Twenty-eight 20 years. 28, Twenty-eight years. Married. So, <laughs> married, yeah, yeah. We dated for two years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been around each other a while, and uh, su- submission is, uh, t- t- in, 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 in my definition, Again, man, it's not a gender thing. Right. It's a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and, the, and the, the the homes, the whole vicious cycle. Man, has always done, done such a good job. That whole vicious chain reaction, catastrophic chain of events that happens. It just takes that little bit of discord, that little bit of resentment, that little bit of animosity home's broken and the pride comes in and the children are affected and their view on relationships man I don't even want to mess with it you know so uh, I'm glad these gals are here I think they're doing a a fantastic job they are
0: and so I've got one more question um, for the ladies and then I'd like to end with kind of like a joint question so this isn't on the paper so it's going to catch you off guard just a (laughs) tiny bit um, so, you know, we've talked about what it is to be a wife, what it is to be a mother. Um, this is one of the most peaceful conversations I've ever been a part of over the word submit, which is very refreshing um, because that's that's a dirty word in, in a lot of places. Um, but one thing I love is actually in this church, there are a lot of ladies and women that understand the biblical term of submit, and it's not a dirty word to them either. Um, because, listen, if you, if you're a member here, if you're not... Um, our ladies here are very devoted they have a bible study that they do they have uh gyms they have all these ministries that they do where they can meet together and discuss scripture as women and so it's encouraging to me because you know i work with the youth here so some of our youth girls go um, but also you know Haley goes and so to hear them come back and talk about things that like i've seen college kids argue and debate and grown people debate about, and they're just like, oh, the Bible says this, and it's so awesome and so cool. You should have heard, you know, Zoe and Gail, all of them explain this. and So that's just encouraging because they're getting to see it from a clear biblical view that's not stained by, you know, we talked about feminism or any sort of egalitarian problems. They're seeing it from a biblical view. And so, you know, that's a term here that's, to me, I don't ever see people creating a huge fuss. I know it's there because I know that I'm a man and there's things that I'm called to do as a man and I want to fuss about them. So I know that there's things that ladies probably uh, think is hard too, but it's encouraging because this is two ladies out of 78. I, I don't know. There's so there, there's so a ton. Um, and it's just so awesome to be around godly women that are like, yeah, this is what it is. Cause they're showing the younger generation how it's supposed to be. So, Now, for you all, you've talked about wives, you've talked about being mothers a little bit. We'll talk about that a lot next week. Um, But, you know, one thing that we talked about with uh, the egalitarianism and complementarianism is, you know, uh, Galatians talks about that we're all one in Christ. And and so for you all, um, you know, one, ladies have spiritual gifts. Anyone who's saved has been gifted by the Spirit of God. Um, You know, you guys have talked about the responsibilities and some of the things that— Um, ladies are supposed to do and so what encouragement and i'll try to make this like simplify what encouragement could you give like the younger ladies listening that they like yes you need to embrace your spiritual gifts you need to embrace being a woman you need to embrace these um, responsibilities what kind of encouragement could you give to them to you know take on that i'm late a woman hear me roar but not like you know hey i'm a woman i don't need you man you know how can they, what would you tell them to embrace being a godly biblical woman? What would you say?
4: I'll stay involved in the church bodies with your other Christian women and uh, uh, study your Bible.
0: Almost like a, well, oh, I was going to say Michelle kind of hit it like a, a practice. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. with scripture as we apply it to our lives. So you're, you're basically saying, like, stay in church, read your Bible, but in a sense, practice what you're called mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's awesome.
3: I'd say um, also take pride in who you are that God created you to be. Um, he's given us each a design, and to know where you belong, and then to do it. I mean, there's all different types of women. You got workers, you've got nurturers, you've got prayers, fighters. I mean, yeah, prayers. Um, there's somewhere you know this. There is a spiritual warfare going on. We need those women who pray. We need the yeah. women who do the work. We need the women in every aspect. It is unfortunate. Um, This is something heavy on our prayer list as women. Um, it is unfortunate that the women do kind of show up to do a good part of the work. Um, I think that that also comes from the passivity. if I say that word right, um, that was punished upon the man as well. Um, but at the same time, you can't tear down what you're meant to do just because someone else isn't doing what they're meant to do we have to stand accountable for each and every one of our own actions and gifts and if we're not doing our work according to christ as unto the lord then that's our issue
1: so when we talked earlier (laughs) when the question came about the difference between the spirit and the conscience we talked about the spirit. Will lead you in a position of service, and typically, that area of service is out of your comfort zone. And w- one thing I want to I want to thank both of these ladies for being here because uh, we guys can get in here and we can we can go for hours talking about the scripture. Yes, uh, I can tell both of these ladies are out of their comfort zone by being here Especially by talking. It's always
4: doing a very great job I was a
3: pretender for many years (laughs) I know how to pretend to things
1: you both are doing great (laughs) but but uh, understanding that if there ever was a need and I I, I, I'm going to get passionate and hopefully I don't get emotional because if there ever was a need for godly women in our society it's the day that we live in
2: absolutely
1: for somebody uh, a, a lady to be a in a position of power that God has placed them in, and recognizing it's not a it's it's not a position of weakness. It's a position where God has placed you to have the ability to have influence over younger ladies and give them a way out of a life of misery and uh, abuse and having them understand the resources that are available to them through god's word and through the power of the holy spirit and in the church that there is a better way there is a better yeah. way to conduct yourself and to to live life and you don't have to be a trophy on some man's arm you, you you can be what god made you to be simply by following learning and exercising your gifts in the word of god
2: yeah and that's the thing. So if we look at society, what is bringing out right now? Women are sexualized. Absolutely. Men are cold with no emotion yep. or or they're they're basically bumbling around, you know, buffoons that can't tie their own shoestrings. So therefore, you know, this is the this is the image that's painted. You know, so in order for a, to get a guy's attention, you must do ex, you know XXx X, 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 all the way down through it you know have a, this laundry list of what you're expected to be
1: so here's what I'm hoping when the young ladies listen to this podcast how many mouths do you think are going to fly open
2: oh there's gonna be a lot of them. absolutely that, yeah and yeah, here, here's
3: something I'll challenge women wipe the makeup off your face
1: <laughs> and
3: I and I'm not being rude about it at all trust me this is coming from love because that was one of the first things I did one well one of the first things is something that was dear on my husband's heart was wearing a skirt. Um, And I learned a lot about submission wearing a skirt. That was a battle we fought many, many years. And it was one, the very first one that God actually put on my heart to fulfill in my prayer for submission to him. And the second thing I did was take makeup off my face and stop putting my hair up. Good for you. And it was not easy because that was a (laughs) lot of my identity. I could hide who I was with a hairdo, with makeup, And learning how to be confident in Christ because I'm not me. I'm God's.
1: So (laughs) So how many many young ladies are out there right now who have zero self-esteem, have zero self-confidence because they think the most important element of my life is how folks view me, me view right Visically take one glance looking. take one glance size me yeah. up and judge me in less yeah. than a tenth of a second
2: Right. Well, and that's so so I have daughters and that's one of the things with are my Oh we get
1: no child racing <laughs> now. yeah no, 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 no we're not we're not I'm but sorry. just quickly but just real
2: quickly because I want to make something very clear is because what Zoe made a comment about I do not believe it has anything to do with salvation. No, It has nothing not. to do with salvation. So don't get it wrong and say, well, now that's a works. No, it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with salvation. And my daughters came when, when we made this change. That's one of the things that I told my daughters. I was like, you're now going to be wearing skirts. And they're like, why? You know, because, you know, they say Is it, it has nothing to do with your salvation. It has nothing to do with because it's something that is out of your comfort zone and then if you're wearing a skirt every day this is my daughter's in my house i made this choice if you're wearing a skirt every day there is no options it's not you know i mean it we can pick the color we can pick i'm not going oh to have to worry about there is still i'm not going to have issues is it is the shorts <laughs> too short or is the jeans too tight or is anything and that's what i told my daughters is be comfortable in who you are in christ
1: absolutely yeah.
2: it's not about you and what you are in in, in school or always. it's always about christ so be comfortable in christ and i and I, i'm going to say this and i know i'm this this will probably get us some responses <laughs> Because I've told my daughters a, a thousand times if I've told them you once. Need to
1: calm down, young man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, you don't. <laughs> Bring
2: but it. The, the one thing that I've told them a thousand times if I've told them once is I almost at times envied them being a woman, and I wish I could. I said, because you guys have a walking billboard. People can ask you, why do you always wear a skirt? Yeah. And you can easily, er, immediately witness to them. Exactly. Say, well, I do it because of religion. So you have to. No, I don't have to. But now that you've asked me, mm-hmm. I am a Christian. Yep. <laughs> I am a follower of Christ. I said, I can't do that. Sort of put and, you know, ask me about Jesus on my shirt, yep. or my T-shirt or something. I was like, but that's what I told them. I says in all settings, you know, people, it's 100 degrees out there. And so you're standing outside in the baking sun in a long skirt. And somebody goes, sweetie, ain't you hot? Be like, yes, ma'am. Yes, or, yes sir, <laughs> I am. But let me tell you. And I was like, it's a witness opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But see, then now we want to start touching on stuff like, you know, well, in society, you know, I don't have time to witness. I'm busy. My schedule's too demanding. Or we are called to witness. Absolutely. To share the love of Christ. We're called to be separate from the world. So, therefore, if it makes me late to my part time job, there's a guy I listen to. I I love it. He says, you know, he says that it's a part time job. What you do for 40 hours a week, your part time job, because our first job is to be followers of Christ. (laughs) So therefore, you know, if it makes you late to your part-time job, so be it. There's more important work to be done. Absolutely, and that's the thing is so that's why. Eternal implications. Yes, and that's what I instill into my daughters is that, that, that you know. It's, don't you, we can look at every situation that we encounter, we can look at it two ways. We can look at it in a negative light, or we can look at it in a positive light. And that's anything. You know, you can have a glass. You know, it's that, a famous saying, is the glass half empty or is it half full? It's an opposite way you observe it. And that's why I tell them, I was like, yes, you can observe it as, you know, this is what my dad makes me wear. And you can say, when I'm 18 and I'm out of his house, I'm never going to ever wear a skirt again. And that's okay, because that's your choice you can make it as an adult. Or you can look at it as I have an opportunity that I can witness. You know, and they're sitting there like, you know, they get mad, you know, and that's okay. Get mad at me. I'm 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 okay with it. You know, you can get mad at me, you can you can say mean things to me, but I'm your father. Yep. I'm not your friend. I'm not your buddy, yep. I'm your father. Yep. In thirty years, you're gonna thank me.
1: There's a responsibility there's, that comes along with being yes, a father.
2: Yes, yep. and because I mean, you know, like I said, I was raised worldly. Yep. But there's things my dad told me that, you know, at the time angered me. Now I look back at it, and I'm like, man, I'm glad they did this for me. Yep. You know, and like I said, I mean, that wasn't, so, I mean, there's times that we are in this situation and the things that we are evolved to that we have to separate ourselves away, you know, and then women and men alike, Alan has made numerous comments, and I love it every time he does it because it gets me excited. He says that, you know, if you look at the man and the role of the man, you fix your home before you can fix the church and it's a snowball effect yep. you fix the church before you can fix the community yep. and we want and we cry out for revival yep but revival's a state of the heart yeah anybody can put up a tent or anybody can say we're going to have church all week this week exactly but it's but it's it's a state of the heart It and is. and you got to fix the home first that's and i exactly love it not. every time you say it it gets me excited i'm like yes that's' <laughs>
3: Can I take a minute just to clarify one thing? Go right ahead. (laughs) The um, comment I made about the makeup, (laughs) don't take too much offense to that, okay? Because I do not mean that the makeup makes or breaks who you are as a person. Not at all. My statement is to find your identity in Christ, not in the tools the world has given us to be what we think others want us to be. Because just like, and the reason I choose never to put makeup back on or pants back on, because those were things that really boosted my pride you know and you wouldn't give an alcoholic a beer don't give me some makeup you know (laughs) because i know how i can change my looks and i know how i can express myself differently i know how my character changes when i have that barrier on you know because it is you know people call it war paint for a reason you know it can make or break your whole attitude of a day it can change your mood and how you feel Mm. It really, you don't think makeup can give you that much power over yourself, but it really can. So for me, I, I, I'm i just staying away because I know who Zoe was and I know who Christ is and yeah. I choose Christ over Zoe every day. Regardless, I'll let him change my mood <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right before the makeup.
0: And so um, I'll kind of end with this text because everything you guys just talked about kind of took it to this. Uh, When you study out Romans 14, which is a great chapter um, that talks about the Jew and the Gentile coming together, there was an issue of judgment. And so this will kind of cover what we've talked about today, but this will also transfer into next week when we talk about the home and the children and the raising of things. Is One thing that I love is we all are under the Word of God, but that doesn't mean that I have the same convictions that Josh, Zoe, Michelle, and Alan have. And them as parents, they don't have the same convictions. They actually have different children, and God is going to lead them to the way they need to parent, based on their children, based on God's will. And that's why the Scripture says, you know, parents are going to do things
1: that seem right. And remember this for next week's episode, because when you hear uh, your child come to you and say, well, so-and-so can do that at their house, they're not my child. Yeah. <laughs> so God's placed me in the responsibility to raise yeah. my children.
0: And um, and you'll get to see different spectrums of, you know, how Alan and Michelle have raised their children, how Jocelyn and Zoe raised theirs. But I do want to remind everyone that whoever you listen to in this, um, you know, when you read in Romans 14, it talks about, "...one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him." So there's this aspect, you know, when you read the rest of this, that it's talking about one who eats everything and one who doesn't. Talking about Jews, you know, they had specific restrictions, but Gentiles were like, I need whatever I want. And they were passing judgment on each other. And Paul's saying, don't pass judgment on each other. You're not supposed to. You know, Gentiles don't pass your convictions on the Jew and Jew don't pass your convictions on the Gentile. And and then it transfers into the last part of the chapter that says, you know, don't cause each other to stumble. Don't do things to make your brother stumble. Don't try to argue. Don't try to change something because that's how you view it. And so, you know, when, when Josh and Zoe, when they talk about how they raise their children and Alan and Michelle talk about how they raise theirs, do not judge the way that they do raising of children because that is the conviction and the prayer that they have prayed that God has led them. This is how we're going to have our house. This is how the system's going to go. This is how we're going to discipline. This is how we're going to correct. This is how we're going to dress. This is how they're going to do everything because they are in trying to instill something that God has laid on their hearts for their children, for their children. And so when,
1: when we when we get into this next week, I want I want you guys to be mindful of uh, s- some of the things that we're just. And we may even read that scripture again. That is awesome scripture when it comes. How do you come up with a system? raise children how do you how do you know what's appropriate for your house for your kids for your so hopefully this whole study will come to a a nice uh, conclusion where everything gels together yeah. and we understand that mine and michelle's responsibility is to raise those two children that god has blessed us with yeah. the best of our ability and it's not a responsibility that I intend to take lightly. Yeah. I have z- zero expectation of failure. I expect to do it well, and I expect to continue to teach them, even after they're married, on how to raise their children.
2: Yes. That's, that's the thing is is it, it doesn't stop at all. It our, doesn't stop. It, no, it, the
1: responsibility is never lifted. It's continuing. When, it, when our responsibility is lifted, he'll call us home.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. mean— <laughs> And it extends on how they raise their children, but as Zoe said, you know, her conviction was makeup, and that's something she eliminated out of her life. To glorify God. That's the point of a conviction, is to be convicted by God of something that is creating a separation. So for Zoe, she got rid of that and she's glorifying God. That's her conviction. Now, you know, Michelle put an emphasis on modesty earlier, how she raised Brittany. There are things that I'm sure Michelle has gotten rid of and she has changed based on the convictions that were in her heart. And so it's a beautiful thing, and I'm going to ask that if you listen to this, that you don't ruin it because Romans 14 says don't pass judgment on someone by how they eat. So don't pass judgment on how someone parents, how they dress, what they do, because at the end of the day, if it's to glorify God, then to God be the glory. Forget what, you know, Bobby over there thinks. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, and, the, and the responsibility, again, it, it's, it's the uh, that man and woman compliment it because a man can't do it by himself. bottom line he can't and a woman can't do it by herself that's why there's such a necessity in today's society to have godly families absolutely godly men godly women working together understanding that, that jesus christ is the one making the cause and our responsibility is to live our lives and raise our family to honor and glorify him
0: absolutely so um yes um, to end this segment, which this really is not ending in it, we're just kind of pushing pause because next week we'll come in and they'll get to talk about children, um, which that means they're going to talk about you know how a child should look at the parent, but one you know they'll talk about some of their parenting strategies, you know what they've done to instill biblical concepts to their children, um, and, and you know I, I want to say this too because you know when Josh over talking about how they raise their daughters, you know Haley's nineteen now, right? But Haley always talks about things that have been instilled in her while she's lived with you all and how that has affected how she dresses and what she does. And, you know, Joe and uh, Brittany, I went blank for a second. Sorry, Brittany. Um, You know, I've heard Joe talk about things that you all have instilled in him that he still does. So there's something beautiful that we're going to talk about next week. Um, But, guys, in two weeks from now, on October 25th, we are doing a live podcast session at Watson's Chapel Church on a Sunday morning service. So me, Josh, and Alan are awkwardly going to sit around a table where the pulpit should be, and we're going
1: to discuss discipleship. All the things that we've been describing that go on behind the scenes, well, guess (laughs) what? (laughs) There will be no behind the scenes. No. It's all going to be on display. Raw. Raw.
0: We'll we'll have our Bibles. We'll have some notes. And I'm going to have to have a cup of coffee because that's what I do when I get nervous. I just start drinking something. Um, so you know that's going to happen, and we want to invite any listener out. You know, come check it out. We also do a live stream here. You can check us out at WatchersChapelBaptistChurch uh, dot uh, our Facebook account, or anything else. Um, so we'll have more info coming out. We'll talk about it next week. But uh, guys, today was awesome. Ladies, uh, we want to thank you guys for coming. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to be back next week. So, yes. but uh, um, does anybody have anything they want to say? God bless. All right. God bless. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.